you're watching the Irish NFL show. We are looking at our week four talking points. We've been talking about quarterbacks that have been performing and in some cases uh, outperforming what we might have expected before the season starts. Colin, let's turn to some of the signal callers who haven't yet hit the mark. Um, you saw him in the flesh over the weekend. Desmond Ritter for the Falcons is one where he's in a good situation. There's a lot to like about what Arthur Smith does. Bijan Robinson has been absolutely electric. I was talking to a friend of mine who's a Falcons fan who, like you, was at, was at the game in London over the weekend. And, you know, not his first rodeo, but he was saying, you kind of forget when you're in the stadium. The good players look so much better than they even look on television, but boy, did the bad players stand out. And uh, when he said that, he was talking about Desmond Ritter. Yeah, uh, at, at the moment, Connor, D- Desmond Ritter is Homer Simpson. Um, because he he's sitting in front of the uh, control panel in the nuclear plant and the buttons are all in front of him, but he just doesn't seem to know what one uh, he he should press. They but, have... but like Homer, he has the bird that just drinks the water. He has all those running backs around him. He's got all that talent in the backfield. Just hand the ball to the bird and let the bird dip its beak in the water. That's Bijan, uh, and uh, yeah, Bijan is he. The way in which he moves, the way in which he makes players miss, he is electric. Like even, man, even the Toy Story animation of Bijan Rod Rob. Like uh, one one of the interesting things, I suppose, about London um, this time around was that it felt more like a home game for the Jags, which I think is is good. Um, you know, be because you know while I've, I've you. Know, while it's great that like everyone goes, there's a novelty element to it. And at this point, you know, we're, we're so long into this that the novelty needs to wear off a little bit and it needs to feel a bit more like a game stateside if it is to be sustainable long-term. And, and it did have that, but you could even sense the, the Jag fans, the concern when Bijan had the, the ball and for the Falcons fans who were there and everybody else, the excitement, um, but Ritter, he he's not it, and they got off to a, a good start, I suppose. Uh, you know, against maybe opponents who were caught cold or, or just weren't very good. Um, but when you're talking, you know, six points in in one game, seven in the other, and just the interceptions that that he's thrown have been really poor, especially when you kind of consider some of the talent that's there. And he's just not seeing the the field. Now, they you know they any defense that's good enough to stop the run and to 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 force him to beat them with his arm is going to come out on top. You just feel that they're they're just that it's not that there isn't a plan B. And I'm not disrespecting Arthur Smith, but so much of it is going to rely on 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 what Ritter does and what he doesn't do. And when it's not there, it gets ugly quickly. Yeah, um, it, it really does. Now, Arthur Smith is is going to stick with him, he says, uh, for, for the foreseeable. If he continues to struggle, will he be able to do that? I think the clamor from fans um, will mean that you know they, they, they will certainly. Now, Arthur Smith is a man of his convictions, so we'll see. Um, I mean, the, the thing is that, like, he... He, his completion percentage is is over 60%, but the, the issue is that he is, he's not really, he's not connecting on any of the deep shots. Like, he's not, ta- like, the couple of deep shots that he did take the other day, it, it never looked likely that, that it w- was going to come off. And I think you're dead right, like, for the Falcons, it 
it all comes down to Bijan and it can't only be Bijan. Like Bijan is supposed to be like Christian McCaffrey, that piece to unlock everything else. Um, but when he's your only piece, then there's only so much he can do. Um, Taylor Heineke isn't the answer either long term. Um, so you wonder what the Falcons are, are going to do because given the rest of the roster, they're not going to be in the, the top QB sweepstakes, but they've got to, to figure something out because they are going to waste the talent on this roster. Um, let's talk Daniel Jones next. Um, you've sacked 11 times at the weekend and that's not a fun outing for, for anyone under centre, but Probably what was most striking is how annoyed Brian Dayball seemed to get with him over the one pick in, in particular, which was the, the 97-yard uh, return for Weatherspoon, the, the, the pick six when the Giants were in danger of turning it into a one-possession game. Um, and you could see Dayball seeding in the post-game interview as well. This was supposed to be the Daniel Jones of the past, and Dayball and, and, and the new coaching staff had had a big impact in, in, in ironing that out of his game or so we thought. Um, but if he's going to do that, um, and, and they're going to have such lackluster outings on offense, that's not starting to look like money well spent, as you've been saying for a long time. This was my concern with Daniel Jones. And to me, I, I don't understand why the Giants made the decision that they did. Like, I, I don't like the franchise tag. Or I just talked about the teams having all the power. I don't like it. Um, but it exists and this is the exact scenario it exists for where you needed to see another year like Dable came in last year there was an enormous feel good factor in the in New York it benefited a little bit uh, from you know some of the some scheduling um, where it, it kind of um, worked worked in in their favor um, but he's not it he he is he's so limited in terms of what he brings to the table and I know he can run um but he just he turns the ball over and you did see Dable get annoyed which you know he can he can do but he generally doesn't you don't see coaches get annoyed with their franchise QB the guy and they've given him a contract which means that essentially they are tied to to him uh, for the next couple of years, they, there's no real get out. They they're going to have to run it back next year. Now, depending on where they draft, of course, you know you might have Jones start the first five games of of next year. Look, they they can they've a very good coaching staff, but they, I suppose, all teams are guilty of this. I've seen the Denver guilty of this. Talk up your weapons, right? Talk, talk, talk. Um, and ultimately, they they fail uh, to deliver. And the O-line is an enormous issue. And how they have allowed themselves to get into a, a situation where the O-line is that bad. Like, you know, it really wouldn't matter who you had behind there. And, and, and that's a fair point. You know, we, we can talk about, uh, I think there's some justification to this. People will say, well, sacks are a quarterback stat as well. But, you know, no quarterback gets sacked 11 times by, by their own hand. That's not Daniel Jones making bad decisions or hanging on to the ball too often. That's, you know, give me some help here, guys. Make a few blocks. Yeah, uh, but but with, with all of it, like, he feels a little bit like Patrick from SpongeBob, where he, he's a likable character. He's trying his best, but it's just not working. You know, um, and and he's just not the the long term answer there. And if somebody like Dable, who is 
gifted in working with QBs and, and tends to game plan for their strengths, you know, can't do it. And and again, this is not just one game. Like he, outside of the comeback against the, the Cardinals, he has struggled massively um, th- this season. I mean, he has, you know, and and it's not not it's not now you feel bad for the player themselves, but Armstead was was openly mocking him on Twitter today. Like players, players laughing at him, and and that's just a horrible place to to be in. But I saw with Russell Wilson last year. It's it's not good. It's it's very difficult to dig yourself out of there. Yeah, with no sequel, I mean, you really see what a what a crutch and a comfort blanket that's been. Uh, you know, when you've got a fully fit Saquon, it it eases the load on Jones and and helps him look a lot more credible. Um, but uh, you know, ex ex party, that offense looks very very ordinary. It's one of the worst performing units in the in the NFL, where there are a lot of poorly performing offenses at the moment. To be fair, uh, one of them is in New England, where Mac Jones had the ignominy of seeing himself replaced again, and we saw this set. Uh, for a little bit last season after the Bears of all teams chased Mac Jones out of the game and brought Bailey Zappi to the to the field. Jones threw one interception in particular, which I mean anybody watching the game could see a mile off. He didn't need the all twenty two version to go, No, don't do that. And, and Mac Jones is one of those players, and we talk about it over and over again. The ceiling is low. You are not Patrick Mahomes. So I don't know what tape you're watching or who you think you are. You cannot make that throw. And if you're going to do that, you know, expect Belichick to bring out the, the shepherd's crook because you're, you're going to be pulled to the bench. Um, he has such low margin for error and it doesn't seem like he, he is prepared to, is willing to, or is able to live within it. Um, and I don't think that the Patriots are blameless here as well. They haven't exactly filled the larder around him, to, to, to be fair to Mac Jones. And Bailey Zappi isn't the answer either. That's more punishment for Jones than it is a reward for, 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 for Zappi. Um, but Jones looked competent in, in, in year one. He looked like a guy who could live within his limits. Now he just looks like, A, he's not the guy, and and, and B, um, he's not even maximizing what potential he has. No, I to me, he, he's scrappy-doo. Uh, he thinks he's far more important uh, than he actually is. And I think in that first season, Connor, he was willing to work within his limitations and and now he thinks he can work beyond them and he can't he doesn't have the arm talent to do that he doesn't have the processing ability to do that again he could at the college level um, but he can't now and it is a real issue for the Patriots because Zappi isn't the answer and and all any of the kind of fervor that existed when Zappi came in last year and it's Zappi time well he couldn't even complete 50% of, of his passes. And I know the, the Cowboys defense um, are outstanding. Um, though I, I will say if, if you're a Cowboys fan watching that or you're Jerry Jones, where was that against the Cardinals? Like how, how, how do teams go? I mean, that is an, a, an issue the Cowboys have to address, right? Because this keeps happening. And when you are a team that are, capable of just not showing up one week well that you can't that that's a switch that it can't, doesn't magically change in the playoffs and so they need to to get that figured out um but when they're on it they are on it and you know for for the patriots um judon is now injured i mean it's like where where are they going like is it the case and 
for Bill Belichick, like how much, how long, I, they're not going to fire him mid-season in any way, shape or form. But I suppose it depends where they're picking next year. Maybe do, does Bill want to be the guy, if they get a high enough pick, to try to rebuild it again? Um, I mean, ultimately, they waited for Mac Jones to fall to them the last time. Might he be tempted um, to, to go up? We know he wants to chase Don Shula's record, but he seems a million miles away from it at, at the moment. And I, I don't know how you go about fixing Mac Jones. You're not making that ground up quickly either, are you? I mean, they're probably thankful for the Rodgers injury because it leaves the, the, the Jets as easy picking and, and nobody's picked on them more than more than Belichick has, but they look so far off where the Dolphins are, albeit that they lost at the weekend and, and certainly where the where the Bills are. I mean, they're they're not competitive in the in the AFC East next year either, you would think. Um it's it's gonna be a while before they can get anywhere near um hanging on to the coattails of the two teams that are racing away in front of them in their own division before you even get into some of the sharks that swim in the wider sea there. Yeah, um, like the the, the AFC still is um, it's it, it, it's interesting every year, and every year it it, it offers you uh, surprises. Speaking of surprises, and uh, people may be surprised that we're even discussing his name, or we have it in our mouths in, in in this segment where we're talking about QBs who haven't necessarily performed. Controversial one, albeit, but should we have Patrick Mahomes in this category through two awful picks at the weekend? Um, lazy throws of anything you know he he's we're not seriously suggesting that Patrick Mahomes isn't going to perform this season but that was an uncharacteristic display at the weekend they came away with the win but it was as much about the Jets deficiencies as it was about anything great that he did well it's the it's the first time in his college professional career uh, that he has um been uh you know out out thrown in terms of yards and and uh, he where he has thrown more interceptions than touchdowns, which which tells you right where things are at for Patch Mahomes. All players, all players go through a little bit of ups and downs, and and think about like you know we're we're talking about Patch Mahomes not having a fantastic start uh, to to the season in terms of um, where where he's at really right um, b- because he he's um, he's not living up to where he has been. But Patrick Mahomes has essentially changed the way in which we look at QB position. Like, he is one of one in this league. And, yeah, he, he's he's a he's a little bit um, below where he would usually be. His completion percentage is um, under 65%, um, which is the, the... We haven't seen since he became the starter in... Uh, the the league, um, and and that I suppose in a, in and of itself is a little bit interesting, and his uh, interception perception uh, percentage is the highest that that it's been, um, but I suppose defenses are always there's always going to be a response to the response, and the Chiefs last year showed um you know what they are capable of doing, I have no doubt that Patrick Mahomes is going to go back to the drawing board and you will see him um, renewed, refreshed and as as good a, as ever. I, I don't think we can we can doubt Mahomes. I think this is um, some poor form and all players who, who across all sports have it and that's all it is. 
and, and having made the case for the for the prosecution, I, I'm going to flip against myself and make the case for the defence. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with Dylan. Like we're having a bit of fun here, obviously, and throwing Mahomes into that category for the for the Dylan's of it. But he looks to me like, and I think there's a, there's a few things going on. Firstly, that Chiefs offense isn't as high powered or operating at as high octane a level as we've seen them over the last couple of seasons. They they're very reliant on on Kelsey because they don't have Tyreek Hill as they once did. They don't have some of the other weapons that they had. So Mahomes himself has to be a bit more creative. He also looks to me like at times he's trying things almost to amuse himself because he can. He can still win games, you know, without necessarily being on point every game. He doesn't need to be at his best in week four. He knows that. He's got two rings. He knows exactly what's needed to get through the season and when they need to, to go. And they didn't need to do that against the Jets at the weekend. They didn't need to do it, certainly against the Bears the previous weekend. Um, I think when you need it, it's there. And part of me thinks he's almost going to the to the more the more underused part of of the 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 amazing locker that he has of of of, of tricks and and experimenting with things, which is a nuts thing to be able to say at, at NFL level. But such is the, uh, the 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 rarefied air in which he operates. I think he can he can get away with it, and so far he is getting away with it. And um, before we leave the, the the QBs who haven't been performing, I'm not sure where we necessarily. Uh, sit on and I know I have my own view but I'd be interested in getting yours after the events of the weekend where does Justin Fields sit you know through four TDs went for over 300 yards passing for the for the first time in his in his NFL career didn't even have an incompletion until just before halftime and at that um, that was a Hail Mary that didn't come off just before the, the end of the half and um, yes there was the predictable unfortunately for, for Bears fans interception on what might have been the game tying drive um, which was a bit deflating there was another costly fumble which I'm not necessarily sure you put all on his back but there was an awful lot of good from a Fields perspective over the weekend which I, I know has got a lot of Bears fans saying see Fields isn't the problem maybe he is him what do you reckon? I think it's a lot of what it could have showed uh, from the from a Bears perspective like this is this is should have been year one, where, you know, they were leaning into Justin Fields and helping him grow. When you take a player that high, you've got to look to do everything you can to help them develop. And I I just the way things ended, uh, it's difficult to, especially with the right the Bears are one and two at the moment, right? You can't tell me that if they're picking one and two, they're not moving off of Justin Fields. And could he have a, a Ryan Tannehill-esque career? Um, potentially. I mean, it all depends on where he ends up next and, and how that goes. You saw the flashes there, um, but you saw the, the good and the, the bad. I, you would love to see them have more more weapons but I, I just don't think they've ever done done him justice really and yeah some of that is absolutely on um him but from from the off right think think about the the way in which um D'Amico Ryans and when oh, we talked earlier about Shane Steichen and how they have looked to immediately buffer their young QBs build them up and may you know make things as easy as possible for them look at what again what the Eagles did with Jalen Hurts look what the um, Bills did with Josh Allen now look at the teams that didn't do that um and and ultimately 
that that's where the the Bears are. I think there's fault on on Fields for not making more of the opportunities he has gotten. But I think ultimately, when you are a multi-billion-dollar franchise, right? If the if the Bears were to sell in the morning, the Bears would sell for far more than the Commanders, given the history that is there in Chicago. But they've now lost fourteen games on the bounce, which is the most in Bears history. There are there's a there are problems. Justin Fields is a problem, but he's not the biggest problem. Yeah, and I wonder, like the GM Ryan Poles getting a lot of heat, and and Poles was kind of getting a pass from from Bears fans. And you've touched on on, on some of the problems there, and um, because Fields wasn't Poles' guy, he, he he's not responsible for drafting him. So he kind of seems to have looked on this as a show me something type year for Fields. And um, if you show me something, then we'll we'll put more resources behind it next year. But I don't think that's right. I, I think, well, case in point, Orlando Brown's available. Go ahead and get Orlando Brown. If you're really serious about strengthening your offensive line, the Bears had so much salary cap room, it wasn't even funny. They could have gone out and gotten some blue chip guys on, on both lines, and they didn't. So they're kind of lukewarm on what they were willing to do for fields. And yeah, they got DJ Moore as a weapon, and, and Moore has certainly been uh, pretty much as advertised, advertised although questions over how well Luke Getty has schemed to get him open on occasions um, and some of the decisions that have been made there and some of the play calling but it's you know the, the fish rots from the head as, as somebody's saying in our in our comments there and you know the Bears have not done right by by fields or by themselves um, in the way that they've handled this from beginning to end a lot of people talking about cleaning house but do you go for the full house clean this year do you take the, the take the GM out as well I don't think for one second the McCaskies are going to do that as the Bears owners it's just not how they roll um, but you would wonder, um, with potentially the, the the opportunity to get as it stands, as you say, that with the number one and number two picks in next year's draft, they could be looking at Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison if that's the way they wanted to go. Those are those are serious weapons if you have DJ Moore. But then, is Poles actually going to go out and do the surgery on both lines, do a Howie Roseman and, and really dig deep uh, in the trenches to make sure that whoever comes in, um, coaching staff or new QB, if that's the way that they go, that they're actually set up to succeed rather than to set up, set up to fail. Um, let's talk about QBs about whom there's pretty much no doubt, uh, Colin, before we, we leave our QB chat. Um, we got a group of three here, Josh Allen, Tua, and, and Justin Herbert, who have been just performing at, a, at such a high level. We talked about Josh Allen in week one and, and, and how week one can fool you, look, looking back in retrospect, saying he's got to stop playing hero ball. You don't want to coach the Josh out of Josh. But the version of Josh Allen we've seen since then, has been absolutely the guy who looks like he can steer the Bills to that Lombardi. Yeah, I mean, Josh Allen um, is, he's he's brilliant. He was my MVP, um, I suppose, prediction um, before the, the season began. And to, he is Taz um, from Tasmania in the way he approaches it. It's all action all the time. Everything's happening. Um and yeah, occasionally you end up with these, um, like the first game of the season where he's he's almost trying too hard, right? And he, he comes out and he feels he has to, ma- to make the play. And we've discussed that. But um, Benjamin uh, Salak from The Ringer um, was, was tweeting about the fact that the... Um, teams that have scored 37 points or more on the, on the bounce in three weeks in, in succession. Um, the last four teams to do it, right? Um, th- three of the, there have been the 49ers and on three other occasions, the Bills. 
So when Josh Allen gets hot, gets incredibly hot, it um it feels a bit like a a young younger version, um you know, or younger Wayne Rooney when he used to go on those streaky spells where he'd score, um you know, goals or kind of eight, nine, ten weeks on the the trot. The Allen has talked himself about the need to find the middle ground and. He, you saw him do things, I suppose, uh, you know, at the game at the weekend where he slid uh, early on. He didn't try to hurdle anybody. Now, I think that the meter will top back up and you'll see him continue to, to do crazy things. But ultimately, he offers you things that no other QB. There, Patrick Holmes is a, is a better quarterback, absolutely. Um, but Josh Allen can do things that no other quarterback in the, the league can do. Um, and it looks like the relationship with Stefan Diggs um, is uh, fully repaired. Uh, I think we can uh, safely say that. And the Bills, um, it's again, it's early, but they were mighty impressive against the, the Dolphins. And hopefully for their sake, some lessons have been learned about their approach to the regular season and the playoffs uh, from the past couple of years. Yeah, Josh certainly out jewels too at the weekend, as, as you rightly point out, but that should take nothing away from the way Tua has started this season. It's incredible how quick he gets the ball out, how decisive he is. Now, he's got serious playmakers around him, but you know, to be fair to Tua, it's hard to see anybody else making more of more more of what's around him than, than, than he has. He's He's been outstanding. Yeah, he he, ha- he has, in, in, in fairness. Like, I think he probably, what Tua brings to the Dolphins is is exactly what you want, right? He has um, the anticipation um, and the ability to get the ball out quickly. He is he is very, very smart. We we know that. Um, to, to me, I went with Optimus Prime uh, for, for Tua uh, because he, you know, he, he's the leader. Um, but he's part of it, and and that, like Dolphins' offense is kind of um, Transformers esque. Now the Bills did a really good job of taking away the the center of the the field, um, and that will be interesting. Again, we talked about the response to the response, so now we have seen um, a team. It can other teams do that? It's it's difficult. I think the Bills have a very gifted. Um, defensive mind in Sean McDermott. I think the personnel that they had allowed them to to do it. Matt Milano. There are very few linebackers like Matt Milano in the the league. Um, so it'll be interesting. We saw the Patriots put it up to them as well. I mean, the Patriots didn't have the the offense to make it count, but um, Dolphins certainly didn't find it easy to move the ball, and they took away Tyreek Hill as the Bills did over the weekend, and and made them win with their plan B. Yeah, um, but but I think that the difference for the Dolphins this year in comparison to to previous years is the fact that they, you know, they do have a plan B. Um, previously, I, I think if you you took things away, they really struggled. Um, now we need to see Tua get better uh, and continue to to grow. Um, but you would have to say that for them, the next couple of weeks are the the Giants and the Panthers. Um, before they face into a really tough stretch where they play the Eagles, the Patriots again, and the Chiefs and three in, uh, on the bounce. So they need to get back to, to winning ways uh, over the next couple of weeks. 
the Chargers were back to winning ways over the weekend. Justin Herbert is obviously a, a huge part of that column. Um, he's had a great season so far. And, you know, as we said earlier on in the show, hasn't always necessarily shone in the way, say, Allen has for the Bills or Tua has for the Dolphins because they haven't been able to stack wins and they've, they've, they've had some uh, some bad decisions from, uh, from, from, from Brian's favorite, Brandon Staley, to contend with over the season. But whatever they've done on offense and having Kellen Moore on board has, has really helped them. We saw Herbert um, the week before last weekend throw over 45, I think he threw 47 passes, completed 40 of them, just looked like he could will the ball wherever he wanted. And when he's in that type of form, he's so exciting to watch. He's you know arguably the most exciting quarterback to watch when, when he has his mojo. Uh, yeah, no, he he can he can be. I mean, it, it, it it's interesting. He goes from what uh, from that four hundred yards to just to, just about just over one sixty um, at the the weekend. Um, he he's a, like he's got so much ability. To to me though, it it feels a little bit like Spider Man. Um, because in Spider Man, um, Peter Parker has all the ability, all the talent, but everything is always so last minute, and he always finds himself in these jams and that's kind of what uh it is uh for for Herbert and I think we'll we'll come back to the, the head coach. Um but Herbert has all the ability um and and he, he finds ways a lot of the time to to get it done. Um but they they st- like they've struggled to get the the running game going again. Um that that's a, a huge issue. Um, and the you know the the Raiders the the Raiders are not a good football team. They're not a well coached team. Um, they're a team with real real issues. So the Chargers will have been pleased. And although it's a divisional game, um, but how far Herbert can take this team, I think 